cyber threat intelligence has become increasingly popular over the last few years, and with that rise comes a variety of questions for organizations around the topic. What types of threat intelligence are available? How can that intelligence be implemented at different levels of an organization? And most importantly, how can it help to limit the overall cyber risk facing an organization? On this episode of the CyberChat Podcast, Surfwatch Lab's Chief Security Strategist Adam Meyer attempts to answer those questions and shed some light on the growing and evolving field. Threat intelligence is a big buzzword in cybersecurity right now, but it's been around a long time in the physical space. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on why it's grown so much and continues to grow, particularly when it comes to cyber risk management. Well, Jeff, I think um, I think uh, threat intelligence as kind of a capability is starting to gain more traction because people are starting to um, get better fidelity in the data that they're receiving from their own internal collection as well as uh, partnering with vendors like Surfwatch. Um, and they're starting to see that you have to really understand what's going on in your industry, uh, particularly, um, so that you can uh, get a better sense of what threats are kind of out there on the landscape, right? So I always use business intelligence as a as an example where companies for many years have been, you know, tracking finances, they track their customers, they track marketing, they track, you know, kind of the sentiment of the market, if you will, and then they uh, compile that information together and they start making decisions against it, right, for the good of the business. Uh, threat intelligence is, is quickly going in that same route. Instead of a business uh, intelligence, you're really kind of looking at it from a risk perspective because every product and service that a organization supports today in today's climate depends on technology in some way, shape, or form in order to be successful, right? Um, we all depend on it every single day. And so, obviously, if that technology is impacted, it causes a risk to the organization. It can impact business operations, right? So, I think um, a lot of organizations are starting to see that um, uh, linkage together that, you know, business is dependent on technology and so, therefore, need to track risks against that that technology and threat intelligence is, is more and more uh, being able to provide that that context, that awareness, the um, you know the, the threat landscape out there, so you know decision makers can make more informed decisions. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the different categories of threat intelligence because I've heard you talk in the past about strategic threat intelligence, operational threat intelligence, tactical threat intelligence. Wondering if you could briefly explain the difference between those categories and what levels of the organization that each of them are targeted towards. Sure, and I think that's important because there's a lot of vendors and, 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 and um, marketing out there about threat intelligence. The, um, you know, um, a lot of the discussions going on all use the term threat intelligence, but it really kind of has different meanings depending on the purpose of it. Um, and so typically we'll follow three types of categories of threat intelligence. Uh, as you mentioned, tactical, operational, strategic. A tactical typically um, being that on the network, low level, technical type of threat intelligence where you typically have your indicators com- compromised. So malicious URLs, malicious IPs, um, hash um, type of uh, um, data. Uh, and then at the operational level, we typically look at it at the campaign level, right? So who is the most active in my industry? Who, what are they typically targeting? What's their capabilities? What's their motives? 
what's their intentions, you know, kind of what's the activity level out there um, as it relates to my organization. And then you have strategic, which is where a lot of the business alignment can happen, where you're translating the capabilities out there, uh, intentions out there of adversaries, how they're targeting things, and comparing it against you as an organization. And so, therefore, you have that business linkage um, going on. Um, and typically, we like to uh, uh, say we, we firmly uh, sit right there in the operational strategic levels for threat intelligence. Yeah, I wanted to find out when working with different customers, if there's one category that stands out where most organizations are maybe falling behind or need to improve the most on, or is it that they really need to focus on all three equally? Well, what I've been seeing uh, kind of emerge in the past several months is a focus on strategic type of intelligence. And, and this is actually backed up by a recent Forrester report that was released not too long ago. The title is Achieve Early Success in Threat Intelligence with the Right uh, Collection Strategies, what Forrester puts out. Um, and, and, and their premise with that, uh, one of the key aspects of that report is where they really would think that a lot of uh, organizations should start with strategic intelligence capabilities for as you venture into intelligence for the first time, start building your own capability so that you can communicate your strategy to the decision makers more effectively. Definitely, I've seen that uh, myself working with customers uh, quite a bit. One of the uh, use cases I've given in the past where I uh, personally briefed the board um, years ago in prior roles, and I was asked, you know, hey, Adam, uh, are we well positioned for cyber risks or are we not? And if not, why not? Right? That's, that's kind of that underlying requirement statement there. And in order to answer that, uh, strategic starts making a lot more sense as a start point. Um, and so that way you can start uh, putting some, some um, rigor around, okay, now I, in order to answer that question, I need to go get a collection capability together. I need to collect for certain things. I need to uh, pull that off using automation, using uh, human expertise. I need to start putting something more organized together and, and strategic more and more sounds like a good uh, starting point. Another issue that you've brought up recently in one of your blogs that I was reading is you talked about there's a lot of confusion out there and you put this on the vendors because they're positioning threat data as finished intelligence when you said, in fact, that data is just the starting point for the process. Uh, so, so what should organizations be looking for when examining threat intelligence solutions to ensure that they get the full picture and not just that, that first point? Right. Well, so I think a, a couple different things, as I mentioned, and I've written about this in the past as well, um, about having a collection plan. And so when you look at um, uh, standing up an intelligence capability, you really need to uh, understand, well, what type of question are you trying to get answered? Right. So when you look at historical intelligence and typically guess coming out of the, the armed forces, you know, they're looking to build their collection plans around specific objectives. Right. They have a specific objective that they're looking to get insight into. And so that's a requirement. In order to do that, you've got to build certain collection capabilities in order to get the information and how to start analysis against that. Right. So you can make an informed decision. As you, as you brought up, a lot of times, um, some vendors are just saying, hey, we collect 
millions and millions of data points and you dump it into a repository to give you access to it, there's your threat mythology. To me, that's just data. It hasn't been evaluated. It hasn't been put through the process of analysis in order to compare the data collected versus your objectives, right? You know, answering those questions. Uh, and so that's where the, the intelligence process should come in. And 99% of the time, you need a human being in the loop doing that level of effort, you know, whether it's an individual or a team or you um, bring on a vendor partner like Surfwatch to do it for you. So uh, you have to look at it through that vein. The intelligence cycle, the intelligence process, the intent is to deliver finished and evaluated intelligence and put it on the desk of the decision maker that helps them make better decisions in regards to what other objectives are. And so if you're not doing that, you're not technically, in my book, doing intelligence. You may be doing great automated collection and you're pulling in this raw data, but data is just data and it doesn't translate into intelligence unless it goes through that evaluation process. So there has to be that combination of automation and human expertise. My final question then is we're talking about the evolution of threat intelligence and how it's changing. Just wondering where you see it going forward in the next couple of years. Well, I, th- I think it's, you know, threat intelligence has already come a long way um, in the past couple of years, right? So the intelligence vendor community still has, is still trying to get its act together, if you will, and defining what, what intelligence services or capabilities or offerings bring the most value to the end user, right? And so we've gone through different ebbs and flows with that because threat intelligence historically came from feeds, right? IOC feeds um, at the tactical level. And it's kind of morphed into meaning different things like we just talked about. Um, I think intelligence is going to um, expand to beyond, um, and it already is, to be honest, but it's going to expand to beyond just that typical IT security-centric type of intelligence and, 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 and start including broader threat information, meaning broad information, right? So a lot of what Surfwatch does, I would say a good 50% of my day is spent around the fraud aspects of intelligence rather than the typical IT security-centric type of intelligence. Um, so you're seeing, you know, what's my fraud footprint look like what does my uh, digital risk look like? What is my organization's level of presence out there in the digital world? And how are people using that press, that presence to cause me problems, right? Cause me risks and, and then what can I do about it? So all those types of things is uh, coming into play. And so I think intelligence will start bringing on different silos, right? Like I mentioned in the beginning, just like in business intelligence, there's you know, finances and marketing and product and, you know, all these different uh, uh, verticals and business intelligence that decision makers look, you're going to see different verticals going on. Well, thanks for stopping by to record this podcast, Adam. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Jeff. The CyberChat Podcast is brought to you by Surfwatch Labs. Surfwatch Labs helps organizations and service providers quickly establish a strategic cyber threat intelligence operation that drives more effective use of their tactical defenses. For more information on cyber risk intelligence, check out surfwatchlabs.com.